Amen. Like Tom said, we are on a journey, and Jesus has won the battle. Can I have an amen on that? He's won the battle of rejection. We just have to come in alignment with doing things his way and not our own, right? Amen. <clears throat> well, today I'm going to kind of, um, I felt like the Lord wanted me to um, kind of do a summary of what we've already walked through over the last uh, three or four weeks when it comes to rejection. Um, it was interesting. I was talking to some people this week, and uh, as I challenged them in an area, I said, well, what was it uh, that um, I said in my message concerning that when we're dealing with rejection? And the deer in the headlights went, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. You know what I mean? And it was like pulling these things up. I feel like the Lord wants me, this to become so second nature to us that we know exactly when a spirit of rejection is working on us what we're to do and how we're to respond. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. That, that when you leave on Sunday morning, here's the key, is the body of Christ, we the people of God, have got to get to where we're taking these principles and we literally are taking them home. Can I have an Amen. And you're working the principles, okay? So you're going to get a little tested today. I'm going to give you some homework, and we're going to get your minds. Is everybody's mind actually working yet? Okay, well, I am going to go somewhere on the PowerPoint here today, and I'm going to bring up some reminders of where we've been, and we're going to see how good your memory are. If we could, go ahead and get that PowerPoint started, Chad. There it is. Now, you have not seen the letter L-U-R-C. Those are only clues for you at this point in time. And this C, we have not went over yet, okay? But rejections, legal rights to you. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the things that give rejection a legal right to operate in your life. And I have, we've been encouraged, encouraged through the Word of God on some steps to take in order to eliminate those legal rights that rejection has to us, right? And so, does anybody, is anybody actually tired of giving rejection a legal right to operate in their life? I shared with somebody this week, it's like, yeah, I've got some here. It's like, this is the keys to my, my, my Dodge truck, okay? And it's like I give the keys to the Dodge, now you're not Satan, okay? So I'm not, but I'm going to give them to Mike, and it gives him access to drive my truck, right? That's exactly what we're doing when it comes to a spirit of rejection. I give my house keys to a spirit of rejection, and I say, have fun. <laughs> oh, Thomas. Right. I, I want us to realize that when we cooperate with this spirit, that's exactly what we're doing. We're giving him keys to our home. And we're saying, when, when we cooperate and when we, when we do not stop that spirit from its seduction and its lies, we're actually handing the keys over. And what I've seen this week in the last couple weeks, uh, that I've seen some people take some keys. I heard some testimonies this week of of wives and husbands, we talked about last week repenting, and, and, and some husbands and wives went and repented, and there was some restoration in homes, and the rejection started getting a less of a hold. I, I heard of uh, uh, fathers and daughters and fathers and sons, uh, there was some repenting. I, I, I literally went and repented uh, to my brother. Um, I'll, I'll share you something that took place in my life. My brother... Um, uh, and, and this happened 25 years ago, and, but I actually had to repent to my brother. Uh, but again, that repentance, I'm, I'm removing the, the, the legal right that it has uh, over me. But my brother, uh, when he was married to his wife, he changed from Protestant to Catholic. And I went to my brother back then, and I was a bonehead. I didn't handle it right. And I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I thought I was saving him from hell <laughs> in my immaturity. And it wounded my brother. It made him feel rejected at that time. But it also really wounded my sister-in-law. 
And when I went and repented and I said, this is the way I made you feel, man. I made you feel rejected. I made you feel like that Catholicism, that you couldn't find God there. And how many know there's many Catholics that are going to heaven and who desperately love Jesus? Can I have an amen on that? And so I began to repent and I began to share uh, what I know because that godly sorrow had been produced in my heart and I was repenting and, 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 and it brought such healing to my brother and restoration. But guess what it did to rejection? I, I started taking my keys back. I started taking my keys back. And I heard several people taking keys back this week and we need to get more people taking keys back. There's not a groundswell. There's not a momentum yet. There's a few people who are taking this, 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 this spirit of rejection serious and are getting mad with it, and they're starting to cock their guns, and they're starting to say, I'm ready to blow the brains out of this sucker. But if you're not doing it after you leave this place, and you're not taking these principles, I'm going to get mad. It's not that I want to control you. I'm just so sick of that spirit having its way in so many people's lives and the principles not being applied. So in some ways, this is a correction word, and that's why the Lord has had me re-go through these things. And I'm going to try to repackage it a little different again this morning because I think it, repetition brings revelation. And so I really am trying to say, God, we need to have your presence and your power on this message in such a way that it pen these principles penetrate our hearts and we actually begin to walk them out and actually do them so that we can take these keys back that Tom has taken away from me because I never want those keys back. Those I do, but I don't want the keys of rejection. Is anybody with me on that? Okay, so I want to ask you a question. Rejection has legal rights to you. Now, what do you think that L stands for? Does anybody remember anything about my messages? What's that? Lies. Very good. What was the acronym that we used? Listening to incorrect information that I assume is real or right. Now what I've experienced for the last several weeks is these lies are continuing to bombard people, but people are believing the lies are real. They're not capturing their thoughts and they're not saying, no, I am, I, I'm not rejected. They're, they're not capturing the thoughts when they come down the pike and they're not bringing them into this acronym and saying, okay, I'm listening to information I believe is real. What is the truth? So my question is, is what are you doing when you feel rejected by the husband or you feel rejected by your wife or you feel rejected by your children or somebody at work? Are you saying to yourself, wow, I'm believing a lie? Now, I realize, I had someone share with me this week, gosh, not all of them are lies, Eric. There are some rejections. I realize there are some, some issues of rejection that are not lies, but if you even really follow the rejection that's really being, you're being seduced by, it's the other person has rejection on them, and it's really not that you're being rejected in the first place. It's really a stronghold in the first place. You, you follow what I'm saying? It's really, I mean, when you really follow it down, what was the, the scripture that we used uh, over the last couple weeks. We used Ephesians 6.12. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, and rulers of the heavenlies. You know, we talked about in that message that the battle is not against flesh and blood. My battle, if I feel rejected by Alger, Alger is really not the problem. I, I, I want to blame him, but he's really not the problem. Can I have an amen on that? So rejection has a legal right to you. You give it a key when you believe lies. What lie, lies are you believing? Has the Lord helped any of you capture any of the lies? When you're in the heat of the battle, it is very difficult to think of this, isn't it? 
when you're in the heat of an argument, you're in the heat of anger, you're in the heat of frustration, how are you doing with this issue right here? Seriously. Are you able to capture any of your thoughts, any of the lies, and bring God's truth to it? The example I used, again, was again, my son and the wisdom teeth. Again, the, the example was nobody on the basketball team cared that he had his wisdom teeth cut out. Nobody cared that um, from the church, and it wasn't, that was not the truth. What was the lie? The lie was that nobody cared. What was the truth? Nobody knew about it. It was impossible for them all to call and check on him because they had no clue that his teeth were yanked out. That's a real simple example, but I don't know where your lunch is getting eaten, where a spirit of rejection is seducing you and taking you down, but he always uses lies. Everybody say lies. He seduces us with lies. And Ephesians 6:12 again, out of the, the, the Living Bible, I like it even better. It says, "For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. The key that gives you, the, the, the enemy, a legal right, again, is the lie. And you got to realize, I am not struggling with people. When this spirit, if it's a husband or a wife or whatever you're feeling, remember, the enemy reduces it to feelings. The enemy always reduces it to feelings. And the manifestation of that spirit is they don't care. If nobody calls me from church when I've missed four or five weeks, they don't. If I'm not invited to a party, it's because they don't. What is the truth? You have to find that truth with you and Jesus. And if you weren't invited because you're no fun to be around, it may be because the spirit of rejection is on you so stinking thick that the other people are getting seduced by that spirit and not inviting you because of that. <laughs> and if that's the case... We need healing from Jesus, right? We need that spirit of rejection destroyed in our lives. But we're not fighting with people. And we're fighting the enemy who always what? Lies. He always lies. He always lies. He is the father of lies. Okay, so L was the ill is, again, the liar. Okay, what do you think you stood for? I, I'm, I'm bringing some different letters in here. What, what does L-U-R-C stand for? What's it sound like? The devil lurks like a roaring lion. I know that's not what quite the world what the He's scheming. What did we deal with as what gives rejection a legal right? Do you remember what you stood for? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Now Gary Tower gave me this earlier this morning. And I'm, we're going to read one of the, this passage as well. <laughs> How far do I have to put it out there? I was able to read that earlier, Gary. Oh, there it is. <clears throat> this was in his devotional this morning. One of the most dangerous things a person can do is to hold on to resentment and unforgiveness. Clinging to unforgiveness has far-reaching and often unexpected consequences. Although bitterness takes root in the mind, it doesn't stay, it doesn't stay contained. 
it could spread into every aspect of a person's life. Can I have an amen on that? For example, the hostility a man feels towards his father can collar his relationship with his wife. Is that not true? His willingness to perform at work and his involvement in church. It probably not, it's, it is probably not surprising to hear that resentment and unforgiveness impacts the mind and spirit. But you may not have realized what a physical toll it can also take on us. An attitude of bitterness wretch, ratchets up tension and anxiety, which can affect everything from muscles to chemical balance in the brain. Over time, the kind of mayhem, weakness, over time, that kind of mayhem weakens the body. Because unforgiveness is a violation of God's law, because unforgiveness is a violation of what? God's law, it also causes spiritual turmoil that hinders a believer's growth. Prayer is stifled because of harbored sin that should be confessed, and worship is dry and hypocritical because it's difficult to effectively honor the Lord while trying to justify or hide a wrong attitude towards someone else. What's more, a resentful person's witness is damaged as others are prevented prevented from seeing God's glory shining through him. I thought that was an interesting little devotional. We went through unforgiveness several weeks ago, and unforgiveness is a root, and it is a, it gives a spirit of rejection a legal right. Now, I am not stupid. We forgave people on sun, that Sunday. We released them, but how many have been angry and frustrated with some people in your life since then. Anybody? <laughs> All that does is it gives the key of rejection a legal right to operate in your life. Unforgiveness. How are you doing at letting people go? This morning, as we were, we, were, we were singing of great love, great love, great love, and we took communion, and we were talking about great love, great love, love keeps no record of wrong, but man, do we keep records of wrong. What is wrong with the transfer when we receive such a great love and a great revelation and the forgiveness that we have received from God? Why is that not transferred to our relationships? Why can we not transfer that love? The Lord does that to you. You who have been forgiven much should love much is what the word says, right? So unforgiveness is a legal right door. So lies and unforgiveness, right? Now, here's what we read about unforgiveness out of Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Now, also in Matthew 18, if you got your Bibles, I didn't put it up here. I felt like the Lord wanted me to read this a little later. <clears throat> and it was even out of um, Gary's devotional. Um, Matthew 18, verses 16 or 15 is where we'll start. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between who? The two of you. Who am I not supposed to share it with? What'd you say? Facebook. Here's what the typical Christian does. They don't honor God's word. Here's what they do is they share it with Barb. Now that's I'm just using her example. Can you believe they did that to me? Now I know Barb enough that she would say, Don't talk to me anymore about it. You need to go to your sister and you need to talk to her about that. 
But when I don't get the answer I want from Barb, and she doesn't sympathize with me, and I go to Michelle, can you believe they did that to me? And what all of us need to be doing is the same thing. We need to say, before you tell me, have you talked to your brother about that? But I gotta get gain. I gotta gain support. I gotta make sure I'm right. I want you to feel my pain. No. If your father, if your brother sins against you, go to him and share your fault. Share his fault. Just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen to you, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to them, the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, you ask, for it will be done for your for you by my Father in heaven. Sorry, I should have worn my glasses. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Now, do we do that process? Do we forgive our brothers and sisters over and over and over? I could also take you to the passage, and we could go further with the, the parable of the, un, of the uh, unmerciful servant. If you take that further down and go where the servant did not forgive his debt. Look with me on, we'll start at verse 32 in chapter 18. It says, the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have also had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be what? tortured until he would pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. The word torture there is torment. Here's what I'm trying to, I didn't do a very good job. I should have probably read the whole thing. But when we allow unforgiveness and bitterness to stay in our hearts, we give the enemy legal right to torment us. Have you ever experienced torment? It never leaves your mind. You go and you rehearse it over and over and over and over. Mm. My question to you as we go to this rejections legal rights to you is unforgiveness is something that we have to do on a daily basis. Just because we laid people's names at the altar a couple weeks ago, guess what? It's, it's a, it, it is a lifestyle of forgiving people. It is a lifestyle of letting people go, of keeping no record of wrong, and releasing your brother or your sister from the debt that they owe you. My question to you today is, has anybody been forgiving anybody? Or is there unforgiveness in your heart? I'm just going back over the steps, guys. I'm going back over the, 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 what gives it a legal right to operate in your life. There's probably more than four. I'm only covering four in this message before I move into replacing what God, replacing a spirit of rejection with what God wants to replace it with. So how are you doing with lies? How are you doing with unforgiveness? What's the R? The legal right. No? What gives rejection its legal right to you? We talked about it actually last week. I'm testing you. This is another one that gives it a legal right. It's the keys when we don't repent. Repentance. Repentance. 
What we talked about last week, godly sorrow leads to what? Godly sorrow. Feel sorrow. Repentance is this feeling sorrow, deep sorrow for sin that you have done that causes you to turn and change your direction and your thinking. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance. Now, I heard of a couple people. I shared that just a few minutes ago. I heard of a few people where... Uh, Godly sorrow began to be, be dealt with in their heart. One person told me, you know, Eric, yeah, the message last week was, was great, but, you know, God's been dealing with me for several months on godly sorrow in a certain area of my life where I need to go to a certain person. But it's been happening for several months where this godly sorrow has been, man, I really hurt this person, and I have got to go to them. Did anybody go to anybody this week with godly sorrow and repent? To anyone? Somebody told me they were going to go to their brother and sister. The reason I'm asking you is if you don't do these things, it still has a legal right. I know I'm stepping on toes. I'm trying to train an army. I'm trying to get rid of baby bottles. I'm trying to give you a flak jacket and a hand grenade. And I'm saying, use the hand grenade. Use the hand grenade of repentance. Use the hand grenade of, un of unforgiveness, getting rid of unforgiveness in your heart. Use the hand grenade of getting rid of the lie by letting the Word of God tell you the truth. Use the hand grenade of repentance. And if there's no godly sorrow and you're just be going up to him saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, just keep your sorry to yourself until godly sorrow is produced. I realize that one week may not be enough for godly sorrow to truly be produced in your heart. It can be. I know there were several people where godly sorrow began even Sunday morning. And I know in my own life, uh, there's other areas where godly sorrow is, is God's stirring it in my heart. It's a hand grenade that can destroy a spirit of rejection. Okay? I'm going to wind this down. It's 12 o'clock. I'm hoping you're writing these things down because I hope you take it with you. Now, the fourth one that I have not talked about and you would not know is this one right here. We started to tap on it a little bit last week. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because ultimately we just have to take authority over it. You guys ready for this one? Generational curses of rejection. Rejection has a legal right to you if there's been a generational curse in your family of rejection. I say look at your bloodline. Is rejection on your mom and your dad, your grandparents? Is it thicker than hair on a dog's you-know-what? Looks like a dog. How many think it's in their family line? So what we're going to do today is we're going to take care of the generational curse of this. Okay? So number one is lies. What are you doing with it? You. Don't let unforgiveness stay in your heart this week. Three, repentance. Allow godly sorrow to be developed in your heart this week. Say, God, I've got to have it. I've got to have godly sorrow. I don't feel bad for what I did to dad, or I feel bad, I don't feel dad bad what I did to mom or my brothers or people in church or whatever. If you don't feel bad about it, ask God to make you feel bad. Ask him to stir godly sorrow. Guess what will happen? It'll come. And the fourth one, generational curses of rejection. We're going to lay a ground root. We're going to destroy that sucker. Now here's how you do that. 
See, it's not real difficult to break generational curses. We're going to repent today of it. We're going to renounce it, and we're going to replace it. You guys okay with that today? I'm just going to give us a little ground rules, what we're going to do before we pray to take care of this kind of stuff. Now, when we're talking about repenting from a generational curse, it's come down through your family line. And you're going to repent today, and you're going to ask God, you're going to, you're, what's going to happen is you're going to feel bad that you've passed it down in through your family line yourself. You're going to feel bad today that you've participated with this spirit, and it's probably hanging around your kids now. Because if it's generational, you've also now given the keys to the enemy to now torment your children uh, with a generational curse of rejection, and now they always feel rejected. Literally, I had it happen to me two weeks ago. Somebody called me, will you call this person and, and, and tell them a happy birthday so they don't feel rejected? I'm sitting here going, you're managing somebody else's rejection, <laughs> you know, because it had, I didn't want my kid to not feel happy birthday. So somebody else was managing somebody else's rejection by calling me so that they would feel good, a phone call from Pastor Eric that they got a happy birthday so that we could manage the rejection. That's not the way to manage rejection. It's not the way to manage rejection. Can I have an amen? We destroy it. So we're going to repent because we participated with the Spirit, and we did some of that last week. We repented of participating with that Spirit. But we also want to go all the way back from... From dad and mom to grandparents, all the way back to Adam, because you know what? That family line's not been broken, and we want to break it all the way back to Adam. Can I have an amen on that? Yeah. Take authority over it. So we're gonna, there's going to be this time where we're going to repent together, and we're going we're gonna to take authority over it in order to get free. Now, renouncing is, you know, I renounce. I take authority through the blood of God, through the blood of Christ. I renounce its hold on me, and we break it through that, Okay. And so I'm going to lead us in prayer to do that today. And then we're going to replace it with a spirit of adoption. Because a spirit of adoption says, I'm accepted. A spirit of adoption, I've been adopted by Christ. Yes. I'm going to come up here just a minute and lead us in prayer. Okay. What you, this is talking about forgiveness. Right. It's been... You want everybody to hear this? Yeah. I assume that's why you're up here. <laughs> yeah. When Grandma Leela comes forward, you better stop and listen. Yeah. This is dealing with unforgiveness? Yes. Okay. It's been 14 years ago this month since I lost my son in a horrible shooting accident. Him and his girlfriend were together, and I blamed her. And, of course, now she has passed on, too. She killed herself. But before she did, she came to me and wanted me to forgive her. And I told her I couldn't. Mm. I told her, I said, God has to forgive you, not me. Mm -hmm. And then she ended up not too much longer. She had, was in an alley, and she was dead, and she had overdosed. But... <laughs> you want to let go of that? No. Today, I was listening to the television Dr. Stanley was on, and he was talking about forgiveness. And I always wondered, how could I forgive somebody, and they're already gone. And he told me, Dr. Stanley did, he said, pull up a chair and let her be sitting there. And you forgive her. Mm. And in the meantime, God has forgiven you. Amen. <laughs> but it's been 14 years this month. And I feel so free now. Mm. I really do. Amen. 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 I take it that you pulled up a chair this morning. Amen. 
I feel so free. So you've taken some of that rejection and you put it in its place, right? So maybe you have somebody. I'm going to just I'm going to run with what she's done. Maybe you have somebody you've not been able to let go of. Maybe you need to put them in the chair right before you. Oh, but they don't deserve to be forgiven. I want to ask you, were you, did you deserve to be forgiven for, by Christ? Did you deserve forgiveness when Jesus gave it? Not at all. For we were all yet sinners when Christ died for us. And so I pray like Grandma Leela that you would release the people you, that have hurt you deeply today. It's probably why the Lord had me go over this message again. Because we've not forgiven some people. We've not repented. We've got issues that we need to deal with. Still. We're still allowing the lies of the enemy to infiltrate our hearts so Lord right now we we bring ask that you would bring people in our hearts that we're to forgive this morning is there anyone else God that you want us to forgive and let go because Lord we want to break the legal right that a spirit of rejection has had over us through forgiving. So right now, Lord God, we release those people to you. Just You can quietly, internally say their name. You just say, Lord, I, I forgive this person. I release them into your hands. And I forgive them pain they caused me, the pain that they caused my family, the deep rejection that I felt. Maybe it's a mom, maybe it's a dad, maybe it's friends, childhood friends. them again and not pick it back up for army of God we have got to destroy the work of the enemy in our lives release them lay them at the feet of Jesus Christ right now Lord feels your pain, but he's right now going to bring you freedom as you let go. Come Holy Spirit. We give up our right to be angry. We give up our right to punish. We give up our right to make their life miserable. Lord, heal us of the memories in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray even now, God, that you would begin to create godly sorrow in our hearts over the next several weeks. you pray this with me father in the name of Jesus I'm asking for you to develop godly sorrow in me that will lead me to repentance 
I'm asking for godly sorrow. Soften my heart. Take the hard edges and let me feel your sorrow that I might truly repay. In Jesus' name, I give you access to my heart. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to pray for the, for the lies. Father, in the name of Jesus, I don't even know the lies I believe. But they torment me. And they allow rejection to move in on my mind. I'm asking you, God, to expose the lies. Show them to me in my life. Show me them quickly so that I might take care of them and bring your truth to them. So this week, Father, open my eyes to the lies that I believe in Jesus' name. Now we're going to move into breaking this generational curse. If you're with me, I'm telling you, there are things that are passed down generationally. And I'm just going to lead us through a prayer, a simple prayer. And if you by faith believe it, I'm telling you, the Lord's going to break this junk off of you. We're going to today break one of the chains that has kept this spirit having illegal access to you and to your family. Is there anybody tired of it going to the next generation? Do you see it on your children? If you're with me and you want this, pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. There's been a generational curse on my life. of this rejection. Forgive me for cooperating with the Spirit. Forgive me for passing it on. I repent of the sin of rejection. And Lord, I break it off of my parents and my parents' parents and I come against this generational sin all the way back to Adam. I break its legal right. I repent of it for me and my family and the ones before me. And I lay it down in the name of Jesus. And I renounce the spirit of rejection that generational curse, you can have me no longer. It cuts off now. And I receive forgiveness for myself and the ones before me for cooperating with this spirit. And I renounce it now in the name of Jesus. And I break its legal right. Through Jesus, Christ. through Jesus Christ. Now, Father, Father I, need I need adopted by you. I need that spirit replaced, spirit replaced. With, your spirit of with your spirit of adoption. Teach me your love. Me your love. Open, my Open my heart to see that I've been chosen by you. I've been adopted by you and that you wanted me. Replace it now in my spirit, in Jesus' name. And give me revelation from this day forward concerning a spirit of adoption, in Jesus' name.
you feel. What do you feel? Bless her right now in Jesus' name. Bring your healing and your spirit of adoption. We renounce that spirit, God, that has tried to consume her. And we declare freedom in Jesus' name. Spirit of adoption, come. Wrap your arms around her, God, and show her your great love. Father, I pray that you would empower us <laughs> this week in our journey to destroy the Spirit. Thank you, God, that the generational curse has been severed. The legal right that it has had to us through the generational line has been cut today. It's been broken. Can you say amen on that? It's been broken. You've repented of it. You've repented for your generations before you. You've renounced it. You've taken authority of it. You've broken its legal right through your own authority, through Christ. You've welcomed a spirit of adoption. And so that's broken. That legal area has been stopped today. We've stopped an area where we've been unrepentant. And we're breaking that legal right now. Here's what I feel on that one. Some was broken today, but I'm telling you, it's the godly sorrow that needs to be produced in you this week and the weeks to come that is going to cause you to go where you have rejected others, where you have, you've rejected other people, and you are going to allow godly sorrow to be raised up so you can genuinely repent and break its legal right. If you don't go through that process, if you don't allow God to deal with your heart through godly sorrow, you will still have a chain connected to you and that spirit of rejection. Do you realize that? Because unforgiveness and unre being unrepentant gives those, that spirit legal access. The other thing, if you continue to buy the lie and you do not renounce the lie, no, they care for me, and you start to declare the truth, if you don't start to declare the truth, that spirit continues to have a legal hold on you. You've got to come against the lies. Are you hearing me? This week, come against the lies. Do not accept them. When you feel what you feel, remember their feelings. And say, no, that's not the truth. Those are feelings. God, what do you say is the truth? And I hang my hat on God's truth. I am of the beloved. <laughs> I am accepted. And I'm going to begin to touch into that in the next couple weeks where we're going to start pouring into this spirit of adoption. We're going to start talking about our identity and how we replace this spirit of rejection with our identity through Christ. And we're going to start building ourselves up in our holy faith. We're going to start seeing ourselves the way God actually sees us. Because once we see ourselves the way God actually sees us, it doesn't matter what man sees or what they say or if they reject me. It really doesn't matter. Because my identity and my value and my acceptance is in Christ and Christ only. Does that make sense? 20 after 12. Stand with me. We're going to have the altar ministry team up here. If you've really had a generational, if you didn't feel a release from that generational curse of rejection, 
Sometimes what happens is even through um, an unwanted pregnancy, uh, when mom and dad didn't want you or you felt like they didn't want you, even that gets passed down generationally. And if you're feeling like you didn't get breakthrough, you didn't get deliverance and freedom totally, and you want the prayer team to pray for you, they'll help walk you through breaking that generational curse. Or if there's something, maybe you're struggling with forgiving someone and you just need someone to help walk you through some of the struggle that you're going inside, we're going to have the altar ministry up here, team, praying with people. And so if you have a need, don't leave here. We've done some house cleaning in our spirit, man, and we want to make sure it gets sealed. Amen? So, Father, we just ask that you would seal your work today in our hearts. Seal this word, God, that we've, we've, we've talked on. Let not the enemy come and snatch it away, but God, let it, let it produce exactly that which you want it to produce. And so, Father, we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And, Father, as we leave, I pray your blessing over the people. I even pray a blessing over Barack Obama as our president, God. God, you, there is a reason he is in office. And God, we will not reject him, but we will pray for him. We will lift him up. We pray for his salvation. I pray for Michelle, God, that you would bring salvation to her heart as well. And that God, you would radically bring Barack Obama to a knowledge of the Son of God. And so, God, I pray for our nation. I pray, God, that we would turn from our wicked ways and we would turn towards you. And, God, that you would help us as a nation, God. We're praying for revival. God, I pray that this baby of revival would be birthed in this land. We're praying, God, that you would continue to birth revival in us and through us. And that, God, your purpose and your plan would be fulfilled in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Go and be blessed. Be praying for me tonight. I'm going to be going to Christ Fellowship tonight to preach. Be praying for me, please, in Jesus' name.